Hi, I'm Zelda Gebhardt, a dedicated, hardworking volunteer with low vision. Roles as editor, vice president, and president of NDAB, and as director and first vice president of CCLVI has prepared me for leadership in ACB. Please vote for me to remain on the BOP. The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another session or edition or whatever you want to call it of It's Electric, where we talk about small kitchen appliances and all those wonderful things that they do to help us. We share recipes, answer questions, provide tips, talk about those that are or are not accessible. So anything you may want to know about small kitchen electrical appliances, hopefully we'll be able to help you out here. If you're part of the group that's actually participating, we welcome you. And in a minute, we'll find out who you are. But we also welcome everyone who's listening on ACB Media and or if you're listening to this later. Sometimes these are rebroadcast. So just for a point of reference, today is July 7th, 1921. So let's find out who's here with us. As many of you know, I'm really fascinated with the states. So since I'm fascinated with states and I like to do this, if you are from a state that starts with a vowel, raise your hand and Kristen will call on you to unmute. Please give us your name and tell us what state you're from. And if you want to give us a little more information, that's okay. Maybe your favorite kitchen electric if you have one. Okay, eight uh, phone numbers starting 801, ending in 741. My name is Chris. I'm from Utah. I own a Instant Pot Wi-Fi, and I've got a air fryer, and then, of course, I got all the other mixers and different stuff like that. Okay, and Chris, is your um, Instant Pot Wi-Fi working? Have you been able to update and get the app to work? I know some people have had a problem. Well, <clears throat> that's something I wanted to find out because... I just learned that there was an update, and I didn't know if that was an app that Instant Pot has now put out or if it is the, that one they call remote something for Instant Pot appliances or something that's a third-party app. Okay. But I haven't done anything with it because I haven't dared try. Yeah. I do use it with my Google, and I would like to find out where I can go to find out some more commands and stuff for the Google to kind of fine-tune that because that's a little bit rough. Okay. Well, hopefully someone will be able to help you with that. I will tell you that someone is not me because I haven't been daring enough to try any of my electric appliances with Lady A. So I'm yeah. I haven't been able to get it to work with the Lady A, but I do use it on my Google. With Google. Okay, good. Um, and, uh, you know, and I had the Bluetooth one 
that they quit making and quit supporting. And I just love that thing to death. And then all of a sudden, one day it doesn't work because they don't support it anymore. Yeah. And they've quit making the Wi-Fi also, but they are still supporting it. All right. Thank you. Who else do we have? Welcome. We have Diana. You may unmute. Hi, I'm from Oklahoma. I have, yeah. I have an instant pot duo. It's quite a few years old, but I love it and it still works perfectly. Um, a Breville toaster oven that I use constantly daily for years now. Um, and an air fryer that I haven't used very much. I'm a little intimidated by the air fryers at this point. And a bread machine that's probably 20 some years old, but it was like the Rolls Royce of them when it, when they made them when they first came out with them and it will not die on me. I don't use it very often, but <laughs> it's great. So um, I think that's about it. Oh, slow cookers, of course, a couple a four quart and a six quart. Okay. So I'm looking forward to hearing what other has to contribute and I'll hopefully contribute if there's something I feel like I can. So. All right. Well, nice welcome to meet everybody. We Thank you. appreciate you being here. All right. Anyone else from a state that starts with a vowel? I don't see any other hands. Okay, if you are from a state that starts with the letter M or the letter N, go ahead and raise your hand. M or N? Does he, man mute? All right. Here I am, finally. Um, there you are. I'm actually uh, somebody who's, who's from a state that starts with a vowel. I'm from Arizona. Oh, okay. Um, but um, I just got in, so... Let's see. So I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, it's very hot here right now. (laughs) Good time to use all small kitchen electrics, I might say. I have a number of things. I have my um, rapid egg cooker. I have a duo um, nine-in-one, I think it is, um, instant pot. I have the TOA 60 toaster oven. I have a microwave, which I love. I have a Keurig. Um, and, and I actually have a Vitamix, which I don't use very often anymore. I used it a lot when my husband was still at home, but now, um, just for me, I don't really use it very much. I guess that's about all. Okay. And I'm sorry, who is this? Desi. I thought it was you, Desi, but I wasn't totally sure. For some reason, I didn't hear your name when she said it. Okay. I thought it was you. Anyone else with a state that starts with a vowel or from a state that starts with M or N? We have Lillian, you man mute. Sorry, I, I, uh, I ha- uh, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Glad to be here. Okay. Do you have any small electric appliances? Um, I do, yes. Um, I also have the TOA 60. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have an Instant Pot Duo. Um, I have the Hamilton Beach um, breakfast sandwich maker. I have more, but I can't think of them right now. Yeah, I think we've all influenced each other. What do you all think? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, awesome. Uh, Do we have anyone else from a state with a vowel or a state that starts with the letter N or M? M or N? I don't see any. Wow, that's amazing. There are eight states that start with the letter M and eight states that start with the letter N. Wow. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, very surprising. All right. If not counting the vowels, your letter starts with a letter P through Y because there's not a Z. Go ahead and raise your hand. It's uh, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. From Tennessee. And I have a Keurig and a microwave. 
there you go. And that means you get to have your coffee every day and you can warm up leftovers or oh, yes. scrambled eggs in the microwave. Do you ever do yeah. that? I haven't done that yet. Okay. Or bacon? I've tried that a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. Long yeah. time ago. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Anyone else from a state that starts with a consonant P through Y? Hi, my name is Lorette. I'm, I actually start with, uh, my state starts with an O from Oregon, Southern Oregon. Okay. And I have, I have a Keurig and I have a, um, an air fryer that I love. All right. And I just ordered a KitchenAid handheld immersion blender. I'm waiting for it. And do you know what brand your air fryer is? Oh, no. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's All big. right. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just said it's kind of big. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Anyone else from a state with a vowel that starts with a vowel, a state that starts with M, N, or the consonants P through Y? Um, I'm not seeing hands. Okay. Well, I, I, now I will go ahead and tell you I'm Jeannie Johnson, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. I have to do that because my state starts with a T. Otherwise, I'd wait till later. And I have all kinds of small kitchen electrics. I think we've all influenced each other. Lots of us have the TOA 60 air fryer toaster oven. Lots of us have the Instant Pot Duo, one or more. And um, we, you know, I, I too have slow cookers and a hand mixer and a microwave and on and on and on. All right. Now we, I know we're going to get lots of raised hands. Here we go. If your state starts with any of the letters we've already covered, or the le- consonants C through L. Please raise your hand. I know we have a few of these. Peggy, you man meal. My name is Peggy, and I live in Florida. And I have lots of... Jeannie's been a bad influence on me. <laughs> so <laughs> I did have the Instapod before I, uh, before I got on these calls, but I did get the TOA60, which I love. Uh, especially as Desi said, this time of year and living in a hot state uh, like Florida, it's uh, so nice to be able to um, cook things without turning on the big oven. I really enjoy it for that. And I think Peggy has been with us from the beginning and several of you are regular attendees and I really do appreciate your support. That's wonderful. Thank you, Peggy. Sure. All right. Who else do we have? Hi. Hi. This, this is Sue. Where are May- you, Sue? And I'm in California. Oh, ah, just- there's a Californian. All right. I knew we had to have people from California. I just got on. I haven't been on this call before. Well, so. Welcome. Wow. Thank you. And I'm interested in learning about what um, air fryer is accessible. Okay. Well, we can definitely help you out with that one. We'll probably ask you a few more questions before it's all done. Who else do we have? Welcome. Glad you joined us. Uh, Restoria, you may unmute. Ah, she's been with us before. Yes, I'm from Kentucky, and um, you all have influenced me. I have the Duo and uh, Instant Pot, the Vitamix. I want to find a can opener that actually works okay you want an electric one yes thank you 
All right. Well, glad to have you again. Anybody else? No other hands. Okay. Is there anyone who isn't from the United States? Any friends from Canada or any other country? Okay. Well, I guess if you are, you're not speaking. So let's start out, I think, with a summer recipe. Don't y'all like things that are nice and cool and yummy? And this is a recipe that I shared with the recipe swap, but I'm going to share it with y'all too. So anyone who has a hand mixer or a big stand mixer, you can make this. It's very easy and it's really, really yummy. And also, if you have a food processor and choose to use the strawberries, it makes cutting up the strawberries really easy. Mix together eight ounces softened cream cheese and one can condensed milk. Mix in one and a half to two cups fresh or frozen thawed strawberries that have been chopped, and that's where you might want to use your food processor, or 20 ounces of crushed pineapple that is drained well, and 16 ounces thawed Cool Whip. You do that, you mix all that with your mixer, and then with a spoon, mix in one-third cup of lemon juice, and then you pour the filling into two of the larger ready-to-eat graham cracker crusts, cover it by turning the little plastic thing that was on the crust upside down and sealing the edges and chill it. And after it's nice and chilled, go ahead and serve it. And I'm going to mute myself for a minute because I got a phone call during that and I'm going to see who it is. So if y'all want to talk and Peggy, if you can kind of take over for a minute, that would just be wonderful. Sure. Yeah, that recipe sounds great, especially the strawberry part. That really does sound good. And I know we all like cool desserts this time of year. Another thing I was going to mention is that uh, I saw an article um, this week that says that um, uh, they really recommend uh, when you um, have fresh corn to cook that uh, a great way to do it is in the microwave. And I do do that. I don't know if anybody else does, but uh, they suggest taking, um, you leave the husks on the corn and you wrap a, um, uh, a, a slightly dampened paper towel or something like that around the, the ear with the husks on. And then they say, if you have, uh, you know, two or three ears to do, to do it for like three minutes. And if not, if you have more, add another minute or two. And um, I don't think you could do too awfully many in the microwave. But uh, for my husband and I, we usually have two or three and uh, between us. And so it's a great way to, to do that without having to heat up a big pot of water to boil and everything else. We, we really like it. And even this article said that uh, they, like, they think it's a great way to cook fresh corn because it doesn't get dried out the kernels don't get dried out so you just um, microwave it for like the three minutes and then you take them out and let them sit for a minute or two to cool off a little bit and then you can actually use the paper towels that you wrapped around it to help you pull the husks off and they come off pretty easy so has anybody else tried that or how do you guys cook your um, corn on the cob no i have tried it and it really is good And there's also, if I can find it quickly, I'm going to tell you this, another way that you can cook it. And that is, anybody want to guess what I'm going to say? 
in the Instapot. <gasps> Peggy, you are so perceptive. Yes, ma'am. You may be in the Insta- the same thing. Yes, in the Instapot, you can, um, ju- and I'm trying to find where it says, because it's really easy to do. You can put like four or six ears in there. If you're using your three-quart, if the ears are really long, you might have to cut them in half to get them to cook. And you do have to put at least a three-fourths cup of water in the three-quart or one cup of water in the six-quart. So it will come to pressure, of course. And I don't think, I'm thinking 10 minutes under pressure. I may be wrong about that. If I find it before the end of our little chat, I'll let y'all know. But um, okay. I'm looking now, but I haven't found it yet. Because, of course, you know, we want something <laughs> like that. But that's another way that you can cook it. Um, I've never heard anybody talk about cooking it in the air fryer, so we won't go there yet. But <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of interesting. Oh, it yeah, might be, yeah. Really? Because a lot of people cook it on the grill. but uh, That's true. Yeah. And then I think they wrap it in aluminum foil, don't they? I'm thinking that's what or they do. Or they wet the husks, I think. Oh, okay. Well, that I sounds I think they might soak the husks. Uh, yeah. So okay. maybe it would work. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, good. That was, that was a great help because I know a lot yeah. of people... Uh-huh. I've got a tip about cooking your corn in the microwave that might be helpful to people. Okay. Before you wrap it in your wet toweling, if you take and you cut the um, stem end off where it's hooked to the stock, uh-huh. just just cut that straight across and then wrap it up in your towel and then you go ahead and microwave it. When you're done cooking, you can just stand it up on the pointed end and pull that husk off and it'll remove all the silk with it. Oh, okay. Awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. So I see lots of people, as long as their teeth are good, eating corn on the cob this summer. I love it. My husband doesn't eat it, so anyway, but that that's wonderful. And I haven't found a thing about the Instant Pot, but it's really easy. For those of you who use YouTube, it's really easy, especially if you have an iPhone. It's very easy to use, and if you go to the Six Sisters Stuff channel, she has two or three different uh, YouTube videos where she talks about her five or six or seven favorite things to cook that she does on a regular basis. And one of those is the corn on the cob. So you can check there if you want to perhaps find the exact timing on that. But anyway, you can cook it under high pressure and then probably do a quick release. I'll bet 10 minutes is too long for corn, but I'm not sure. So I'll try to find that out. So I know we have one person that was interested in learning a little more about the Wi-Fi Instant Pot. So has anyone used the Wi-Fi Instant Pot? And do you know about, I think the, um, I think the update was to the phone itself, not to the Instant Pot app, but I'm not totally sure on that. Is anyone able to address that that has it? I know some people have had some problems with it, and they are still supporting it, but they are not making it anymore. So we may not be able to help you with your Instant Pot Wi-Fi model tonight, but 
unless we have someone who has it and jumps in. But another thing people wanted to talk about was air fryers. If you're interested in getting an air fryer, first, one of the things we need to know is do you want a small one or a big one? Unless you eat very little, I don't recommend the smallest one because you can't make many things unless you do lots of batches. And if you're like me, you want it to be one and done. You know, I don't want to have to do two, three, four, five batches of French fries or chicken wings or whatever I'm cooking at the time. I want to get it all done and eat. So in that sense, I would not recommend one of the tiny models. But if you don't eat much at all, you know, if if one potato cut into French fries is more than enough for you, you might like the tiny one, but that's not me. Even if I lived by myself, that wouldn't be enough. In terms of the basket that comes with the air fryer, I like the baskets that are square or rectangular because if they're circular, you lose a lot of space, where if it's square or rectangular, most of the space within that drawer can be covered with food. So I recommend finding one with a square or rectangular basket. Kasori does make one that works with Wi-Fi for those of you who really like to use the Wi-Fi products. So you might want to check that one out. I've heard people say that they do need help um, getting it paired up, you know, the Bluetooth with whatever they have to do. I, I really am fairly ignorant when it comes to these these products that work with Wi-Fi, guys. I'm, and I, I know if I'm doing this, I probably should get a little more immersed into it and learn more about it, but I haven't done that yet. So, um, Kasori does make one that people say is accessible. Um, for those of you who may not know, I have a Facebook group called all, A-L-L, text, T-E-X-T, Small Kitchen Electrics. And this is what we talk about. We talk about which appliances and which brands are accessible and features to look for and things to avoid and recipes and tips and all that good stuff. So please feel free to join that Facebook group if you do Facebook and haven't joined yet because... We would love to have you, and that's where you can really get some of your questions answered. Some of us, as you may have picked up from what we said, have what we call the Toa 60. It's made by Cuisinart, and it is an air fryer convection toaster oven. I love appliances that will do more than one thing. Um, For those of you who have instant pots, you know that most of them will pressure cook, slow cook, saute, keep warm. Uh, They have a rice maker. A lot of the models will make yogurt. So lots of different things. And whenever a cooking device can serve more than one purpose, to me, that makes it even more valuable. But even that has to be looked at carefully because, for example, while Instant Pots are multi-cookers, which is the generic name, will do several different functions. Some of them are not so good at slow cooking because they do it in a different way from the actual slow cooker. And from what I've read, in terms of slow cooking, sadly, Instant Pot is one of the worst. So um, don't buy your Instant Pot mainly for slow cooking. If, if you 
you know, really want to have wonderful slow cooked things, don't throw out that slow cooker or crock pot. So the Toa 60, the Cuisinart TOA 60, is an air fryer toaster oven. So it will air fry, it will bake, convection bake, broil, convection broil, keep warm, and toast. So it has all those different functions. So if you're wanting something that will do several different things, it is about the size of a nice-sized toaster oven. It's not itty-bitty. It is big enough if you put it directly on the rack to hold a 12-inch frozen pizza. Or if you make your own, it'll hold it, too, as long as it's not bigger than 12 inches. So uh, that's a little bit about that. Um, In terms of accessibility, if you have little or no vision, you may want an air fryer with knobs rather than uh, a digital air fryer. And the TOA 60 does have knobs. If you see well enough to use a digital, uh, the TOA 65 is the digital model of the air fryer toaster oven. One of my favorite models of a standalone air fryer is the Insignia, which is made by Best Buy. And it was on sale during Amazon days. I bought one uh, for the Tennessee State Convention auction. We're having it in person this year. And um, it has one knob for the time and one knob for the temp. And if you decide to get one, you need to make sure that you're getting the analog or the one with the knobs unless you're able to see the digital and I know that can be problematic for a lot of people. So that's one that I recommend. Um, there are other brands that have the square or rectangular basket and other brands that have knobs instead of the digital. Now, not all digitals are um, without being accessible. QVC made an air fryer that was digital, and it had buttons that went around in a circle. And I've had people say that that one was very accessible. They just learned which button did what. However, as is often the case, as we all know, with our things that are either adaptive or accessible, they no longer have that model. So I hate to disappoint, but that's just the way it is. So I feel like I've done enough talking for a minute or five. So do we have any raised hands? Chris. Okay, Chris, hop in here. Yeah, I have a, a question in general about air frying. When I first got mine, I got a couple of um, cookbooks that I downloaded from Bookshare and from Bard. And in a lot of them, they start out by saying the first thing you have to do with an air fryer is you have to realize that because they cook fast and in an enclosed space, that you should reduce your temperature and you should reduce your cooking time. And then you read other cookbooks and they just tell you straight out, do it the same way you do it in a regular oven and that. And is this going to be a situation where you have to just test every damn thing you want to make several times to decide what works? Or, or is there some kind of rule of thumb I can follow? Well, it's, it's not that bad, Chris, I promise. But I understand exactly what you're talking about. What I recommend to people is I never cook anything over 400 degrees, period, in an air fryer. 
because it's just not necessary from what I see. That that seems to um, take care of it. And I don't remember, did you say you do or don't already have an air fryer? Yes, I do have one. And okay. it's, um, I, I bought it some time ago and I've used it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was one I heard on a, a TV commercial one night. I woke up in the middle of the night and just flipped the TV on this, talking about this thing. And it just sounded so wonderful. I called them and bought one and I didn't even think about the accessibility or anything. And it's, out of the box, it's pretty much inaccessible oh. because it's just got a flat panel on it. Oh. Um, there's no there's no raised buttons or anything like that, and I have absolutely no vision. But right. what I was able to do is I got a little. Um, you can buy some um, kind of like some little foam stuff that's only about oh probably less than an eighth of an inch thick. Yep. That's sticky on one side, and I had my sister make me a template, and she cut holes. Okay. Where all of the uh, where all of the buttons are, and so I know where those are, and so I just reach out and find the holes and do what I need to. So we've made it accessible, but uh, but then you know because some of those some of those screens you can put speed bumps and stuff on them, and and then just touch them and it works. But right. others won't work with the speed bumps because they've got to have some kind of electrical interaction between your skin or something. Ah, okay. And that's the way this one was, and so but we I've, I've been able to use it. It's got several presets and stuff, and I've made some notes uh, that I use when I'm when I'm cooking with it. But but I've not used it as much as I would like because I'm not sure. You know, some people will say, "Okay, you put this steak in here at 400 degrees, and six minutes you flip it over, and four more minutes and you're done, and you got this great medium rare steak and everything." And then I hear somebody say, "No, you got to take the temperature down to 375, and then do it for longer, or do it for less." <laughs> well. I always do my steak in my air fryer, and it turns out every bit as good as when I used to broil it in the oven, if not better. The TOA-60, the air fryer toaster oven by Cuisinart, does tend to run hot. So I think everyone, and we have quite, quite a few people here who use it, we know to lower the temperature by about 50 to 75 degrees, and then uh-huh. everything turns out wonderful. In my um, Insignia air fryer, I did not lower the temperature. I cooked most everything at 400. That just seemed to work really well. And I'm guessing, I don't know, but since you said you heard it on TV, I'm guessing that it may be the Power, uh, power Air Fryer. Does that sound Yes, that is. That's the one. Yeah, see there? All right. And I don't even watch um, infomercials anymore, but but I I knew they were advertising that one. So I would say, you know, if there's something that you're not going to cook a lot of, try it at the temperature that's recommended, although not over 400. I know that some frozen items say in the regular oven to cook them at 425, but in Uh the air fryer, 400 is going to work. Okay. And... If that doesn't do it for you, then you'll know that, you know, like if it burns, you'll know to cook it a little slower. And check it, like if if the oven says to cook it for 20 minutes, check it after 15 just for good measure because it might not take as much time. Because remember, your oven, I'm I'm not going to do the math to figure out how many square feet or inches it is, but your air fryer is a lot smaller you know, it doesn't right. near the space that your oven does, so that heat is yeah. going to stay in better. 
But that's what I would recommend. And yeah, there is a learning curve, but once you get the idea with your fryer, then you can just go to town and have a good time. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I have done quite a bit of is these um, these canned biscuits and stuff that you get, you know, Pillsbury uh-huh. or your stores have their own brands and that. And uh-huh. I've just learned with those that if you take about two minutes off of the minimum recommended time, uh-huh. And then cook them about 25 degrees lower than what it recommends for your regular oven. Uh-huh. But they come out perfect. See? Look at you. You're already doing this. You already have it. Look at you. That's great. <laughs> Does anybody want to add anything to that for Chris? Any of any other instant or uh, air fryer users? Well, I sure appreciate that. That's given me a lot of information and confidence. Oh, good. Awesome. That's what we want to do. And we want to help you be successful. I noticed on Instant Pots, lots of us have the Duo. The one that I recommend is the Duo model. And the one that has a feature that mine do not have, I have two, um, that I think would be really nice is with the Instant Pot Duo Nova. The Duo Nova, when you set it to high pressure, it automatically... Um, seals so that nothing, you know, the steam won't escape until you want it to. And then when your item is done, you can do a quick release. It has a button that you can push for a quick release. I haven't actually had my hands on one, but otherwise, as far as I know, it's like the duo. I meant to call Instant Pot and haven't done it yet to see if someone will actually tell me the layout of the keyboard. And I do plan to post that in the Facebook group, and I can also mention that the next time we have an It's Electric session. I'm not sure when that will be. Um, Today is the 7th, so normally it would be the 21st, but that week will be convention week, so I'm not sure if we will be the next week or if the recipe swap will be the next week like it normally would be, Um, so... When I know and when they announce it in the community call schedule, then we'll all know and we'll just go from there. If you want an Instant Pot, I highly recommend the Instant Pot Duo Nova. And you'd be amazed at how much you can cook in the three-quart, but it's also available in the six-quart, the eight-quart. And for any of you who have a really big family, although I'm not sure that we have anyone that has that big a family, they have a 10-quart model now. That would be way too big for me. But I do use my 3-quart for most things, especially if I can avoid using the 6-quart because the 6-quart is bigger. But I do use my 6-quart for things like soups um, or large portions. If I have a recipe that calls for 4 cups of broth and 4 cups of pasta, for example... I would use my six quart because that would just be way too much for my three quart by the time the pasta expands. Okay, and somebody mentioned a Vitamix. Summertime is wonderful for making smoothies and nice cocktails and that kind of thing. Does anyone want to talk about your Vitamix or ask any questions about it or any other blender that you may have? I know i I have a small Ninja blender that I like and use on occasion. So anyone want to talk about blenders and making summer drinks or smoothies? Oh, uh, Peggy. All right. 
Yeah, I have the uh, the the small ninja that has the cups, and I've been uh, I I had it I've had it now for a couple of weeks, and I have enjoyed it. Um, I just wondered if other people had ideas. I'm I'm not really necessarily into like the spinach and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, although if I tried it, I'd probably like it. But it's just getting over that um, mental thing, I guess. But um, but I have tried some. I've frozen some bananas, um, and then uh, I've put other frozen fruit or fresh fruit, and uh, and I usually put a little bit of yogurt, plain yogurt, and maybe some ice cubes. But I wondered if other people had ideas for what they do or whatever. Sounds good to me. Sometimes I like to use pineapple because I love pineapple. Yeah. yeah. Strawberries, you know, any of those summer fruits are going to be really good. But I think you definitely have the right idea. And for those of you who may not know, the old blender that I had before I got my Ninja, the blades were in the bottom, and it was kind of hard to get some of the stuff out of there. But With the Ninja, and it may be the same way with the Vitamix. I haven't seen the Vitamix. But you put your things in the cup, and then you put the thing with the blade on top. And then you turn it upside down and put it on the base, and it mixes everything. Is that a good description, Peggy? It's been a while since I've used it, but that's what I remember as far as how I used it. And yeah, you totally can, you different can stand than anything I'd ever seen. Yeah, you can stand the cups up, and then you just uh, put the all the ingredients in, and then you screw the the blade on, and then you flip it upside down and put it on the base. Yeah. So it, it works well. And then when you want to take the blades off, there is a regular lid that you can put on the cup, and you can drink from that or just drink from the big open cup, depending on how thick your drink is. Right. Yeah. And one of the complaints I'd heard was that it was kind of hard to clean the cups, but what I do is I clean them right away. You know, if you just rinse them, them the out dishwasher. right away. Yeah. Well, that too. But, um, you know, if you just rinse them right away, yeah. then uh, this, before the stuff sticks, I guess. But uh, Yeah, because they are rounder at the top and kind of square at the bottom. Right. Right. Is that the way the Vitamix is for the person who has the Vitamix? I haven't seen the Vitamix. Yeah, Desi has one, I think. Is that how yours is, Desi? Are you still with us? I'm here. Um, what were you asking about? On the Vitamix. Um, oh, yeah. I Mine is one of the ones that is um, programmable. Uh-huh. And so besides having the regular dial that you turn, you know, if you're just doing things freelancing it also has a number of different buttons that you can push Uh that are um you know like you can do soups and you can do ice cream and you can do all kinds of stuff in it and my husband and I used to use it a way a lot when he was still here but now um I really don't use it because I don't want to make batches of stuff that are as big you know so yeah it's a good is it accessible enough for you? I Yes. I mean, you do have to do a little bit of learning mm-hmm. um, when you get it, you know, but it's not it's not real hard. The, the buttons and things all stand out so you right. can, you know, find them. And, and so it's just a little matter of like with every new thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> getting used that to it. That learning curve. Yep. Yep. Okay. Exactly. 
but yeah, that's so I don't know. Is there anything else I can tell you? I don't know. I don't know. Does anyone have any questions about the Vitamix for Desi? We have a quiet hey, group. Um, oh, go ahead. I, I, so um, I have a Vitamix and um, it, I find it really big. Um, and so that's why I've ordered a handheld immersion because uh-huh. I want to make smoothies and I don't want to have a big old giant thing. It, it used to be for two people. Now it's just me. Uh, so it, it works really well. It, it's great. In fact, I think I might sell it on um, Craigslist or something because it's virtually new, but uh-huh. it's just too much for me anymore. Right. So I, uh, I'm going to be learning to make smoothies with the handheld Vitamix uh, uh, immersion blender just in my cup. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, awesome. And I know nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I have the the large Ninja, um, and I, you know, it's great if you want to make a whole pitcher of something. Yeah. Or margaritas mm-hmm. or something. But, uh, that sounds good, only Peggy. Want one. Yeah. I'll be right over. Bring them right over, Peggy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you only want one, um, you know, I, I, I think that's why I wanted the ninja thing just because it, it comes with two cups. So right. I can, I can make one for me and one for my husband, but we don't end up with a whole bunch of leftovers and stuff. So right. that's kind of nice. Okay. Yeah, I pretty much agree. That's why I got my ninja, because there's just my husband and me. And if we do go anywhere, we haven't traveled since COVID got over. But if we do go anywhere, usually our my stepdaughter, it's his daughter, um, does the puppy sitting. And she loves to make smoothies and just put your mind at ease a little if you do want to try it. If you have some fruit in it and add a little spinach or kale, the green smoothies are actually pretty tasty. So and I, I'll I say be that because Jamie has made one for me before. Yeah. It is true. And you really cannot even taste Mm-mm. the greens in it. If you put, you know, lots of other things. Oh, gosh, we used to make we used to make smoothies that had avocado and 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 greens, but then we also had um like chocolate protein powder mm-hmm. and and various fruits that we would put in and then we would um, put some ice cubes in and make it, you know, like a, like a milkshake really. Yeah. And, uh, and they were so good. Yeah. I'll have, I'll have to be brave and try spinach. Yes. Yeah, you know, you're not going to put a lot. You're just going to put a little and, but yeah, yeah, they're not bad at all. So. Oh no, they're really, really good. Yeah. And, and like I said, you really can't taste the spinach. You wouldn't know it's in there. Um, well, that's good. You get all the vitamins. and Yeah, you get all your wonderful. And just make sure, you know, that you blend it up really well. So it's, you know, it's a really nice shake kind of consistency. And you you wouldn't even know. Yeah. Oh, Something good. for you to look forward to, Peggy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. Who had a question that maybe we haven't answered yet? If you can think of it. Because I know in the introductions, a few of you said different things you were interested in. So feel free to raise your hand and we'll see if we can help. Not seeing any. Y'all aren't going to make me talk for the next 10 minutes, are you? There is a hand now. Oh, good. Yay. 503-785. <laughs> 
I'm really uh, intrigued about cooking a steak in my air fryer. Okay. And I have not tried it. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering, is there is there a, a type of steak that you prefer to cook in your air fryer? Well, personally, I generally do either sirloin or ribeye. Uh-huh. You know, different stores cut them at different thicknesses. Um, mm-hmm. We have one store near us, and when my husband goes there, they're like, Oh, gosh, they might be a half an inch thick, and that's really stretching it. So I don't do those. I don't do for much time at all. But for a normal, what I would call a normal steak, probably three-fourths inches or so thick, my husband and I like medium. And so in my TOA 60, I do it at about 325. I used to think straight up and down was 400. And he said, no, honey, that's 325. But anyway, that's where I do it for seven minutes on each side. And I make a rub that I put on it. And my husband says he likes my steaks better than the steaks we get at the restaurant. And of course, I had to kid him about it's because it costs less. But he said, no, he really does. So for my rub because I'm sure someone will want to know, so I'll just tell you. In a little um, ramekin or a little tiny bowl, I put just a little bit of oil, because you don't, you know, with an air fryer, you're not deep frying things, but if you have just a wee bit of oil, that seems to help. So I put like maybe a teaspoon of oil, and then I put a teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon of garlic powder, a teaspoon of onion powder, a half teaspoon of pepper, and a tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce. And I mix all that up, and it's it is kind of a paste consistency, but it's it's easy to work with. And then I rub it on both sides of my steak, and I air fry it. Like I say, in the TOA 60, I do it at 325 for seven minutes on each side, when I had my Insignia air fryer, which was a an air fryer that had the square basket or almost square, I think it's like maybe a half an inch on one way beyond square. But anyway, um, I would do it at 400 for seven minutes on each side. And it turns out wonderful and delicious. And if you don't like it that done, you just take away a little bit of the time. And again, it's a learning curve. You have to Find out what works for your taste and what you like best. Wonderful. Thank you. I can't wait to try it. And the next time you have a, a small appliances, I'll let you know how I did. Okay. And also, if you like to have a wonderful baked potato with your steak, yes. what, I, what I do is I rub my potato, I poke holes in my potatoes, you know, with a fork. Uh, I rub and I'm cleaning it is just, I mean, we all know to clean our potatoes. I went to a mm-hmm. picnic one time and I brought the grapes and this person actually had the nerve to say, Jeannie, did you wash them first? And I'm like, uh, well, yeah, I should have said, oh, was I supposed to do that? But I didn't. I, wasn't. I was slow. Anyway, um, but I rub them with oil and then I sprinkle them all over with kosher salt and some pepper and just stick them in my air fryer about, depending on how big they are, about 20, yeah, about 20 minutes before I'm ready to start the steaks. And then when I'm ready to start the steaks, I turn the potatoes over. And so that last 15 minutes, they're on the other side. And, you know, 
there, even in my insignia, was room yeah. for one big steak and two baked potatoes. So Perfect. you can do it all at Thanks. once. You're welcome. Sounds great. All right. Anyone else have any questions? Or Desi uh, has her hand up. Okay. Yes. Um, I was wondering, you mentioned about doing so much time on each side. Do you normally turn things over in your air fryer? Because I was kind of thinking you didn't have to do that. But um, what is this story about that? Okay. It depends on what it is. And mm. what I do and what the books say to do are possibly going to be different. A lot of times you'll see if you're looking at one of the books, it'll say, shake it. <laughs> well, oh, right. I've yeah. tried shaking it and shaking it doesn't do anything except give me exercise because the stuff pretty <laughs> much stays where it is. Um, if I'm doing steak or uh, fish fillets that are breaded or breaded chicken patties or potatoes, you know, the whole potatoes, yes, I will turn those. If I'm mm-hmm. doing French fries or chicken nuggets or, you know, little things where it would be a pain in the fanny to try to turn them all and know whether you got them all turned or not, I don't bother with it. And they turn out oh. fine, I think. So it's it's up to your own discretion. But sure. um, yesterday I made a kitchen electric meal. So we had leftover peas and I warmed those in the microwave. I made steak and, I mean, uh, shake and bake uh, pork chops in the air fryer. And in the air fryer, even though in the oven it says not to turn them over, they turn out much better in the air fryer if you do turn them over halfway through. I've tried it both ways, so I'm speaking from experience. And then I cooked potatoes in my Instant Pot and mashed them with my hand mixer. So that was definitely a small kitchen electric meal. right. Yeah. Okay, anything else? We're getting close to the end. Greg Tyler. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh, you were talking about steak. I didn't know you could air fry steak. Yes. Uh, So now, how long would a steak, like a Delmonico steak or something, uh, how long does that take? Is there some rule of thumb to that? Well, like I say, the ones that I have are probably about three-fourths inches thick. Uh And for medium, I do them seven minutes on each side. Uh In a standalone air fryer oven, I do them at 400. In the TOA 60, I do them at 325, seven Uh, minutes on each side. Now, do you just mist it with oil, or how do you do that? No, basically, I make a rub, and I put like about a teaspoon of oil in the rub, and the rub... Uh is made up of the oil and my spices and Worcester sauce. And uh, now in terms of the hamburger, how long would you have to do a hamburger? Uh, uh, it depends on whether they're frozen or thawed. If they're thawed, I do them about seven minutes on each side. If uh-huh. they're frozen, I do them about 10 minutes on each side. So you would stop them halfway through. So you figure and, seven and minutes. Turn them, and yeah. yeah, so you just turn them. And there's a little, you have to have a special plate for that in the air fryer. Does they come with a basket? So I was looking at air fryer stuff, and I didn't know. You know, people say they come with a basket, but it sounds like you need a pan of some sort. Uh, it has what's called a drawer uh, that the mm-hmm. basket goes into, and any oil or anything that drips off goes into that drawer. Uh-huh. Okay, so you put it in. Okay, so then you just clean it that way. Okay. I want to thank Jason for streaming this for us and Kristen for being our host and everyone who attended that participated. I appreciate that. Be sure to go to all text, small kitchen electrics and join that group if you want. And 
keep an eye on the schedule after convention to know when we're going to have this again. And thank you, everyone, for being here.